0: Let's chat about red flags. In relationships, these would be signs that showed us that things are not healthy and that we shouldn't proceed further. Usually, anyway. Some of us are more aware to be looking for these types of things than others, but usually we know when something isn't healthy and it's a bad idea to continue down that road. But before we dive into all of this, I have a few things that I'd like to share. One, I am so excited that you are here for my very first podcast ever. Two, if you don't know me personally, then you might be interested to know that I have a bachelor's in psychology. I'm certified in a counseling program called Genesis, which is a program to help us learn to process our thoughts and emotions, heal from past wounds, and how to overcome strongholds. And I have a lot of my own personal experience in my own healing journey, as well as helping others through theirs. A huge passion of mine is to give others the tools to be able to process their emotions and thoughts in a healthy way and to understand why they have always reacted certain ways or been stuck in certain patterns so that they can have the awareness to overcome them. I am also the creator of the Reflections Collection, which is an inspirational clothing line designed to remind you of your truth of who you truly are and to break up those negative thoughts about yourself you can check that out at thereflectionscollection.com. If you'd like to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at the.reflections.collection or on Facebook, Jericha Snyder. Okay, so let's dive into this. So like I stated, we are going to be talking about red flags. However, I'm not talking about in relationships with other people. I'm talking about within ourselves. And I'm also not talking about personality traits. I'm talking about finding the red flags in our thoughts and feelings. A lot of the time we say that we feel like our heart is telling us to do something, but when we say we're following our hearts, what does that even mean? Obviously, we aren't gonna be following our heart and our chest whose only job is to pump blood throughout our body and keep us alive. We're talking about our limbic system. This is the part of our brain where we make decisions. It's also the part of our brain where memories are stored. So, what happens is when we have a painful memory, it tries to protect us by not allowing us to do that again. For example, if you touch a hot stove as a child and get burnt, your limbic system is going to remind you that if the next time you're in a situation where you feel something hot, you're not going to do it, even if it's not a stove, you're not going to touch it. It's the same thing with our feelings. When we emotionally feel pain, it tries to keep us from experiencing that again. This is how coping behaviors and beliefs about ourselves and the world around us are formed. Knowing this about ourselves and being able to identify when we are having a limbic reaction are huge steps to being able to override this system and learn and heal so we can move on and not stay stuck by that pain any longer. So here are six red flags or indications that we are in limbic land and some tools to help us get out of it. Red flag number one is isolation. Isolation, or flight mode, is not something that we are born into. It's something that we adapt to after certain struggles we face. We believe it's the only safe safe option that we have, but isolation is a lonely place and is the place that the devil speaks to us the loudest. He reminds us of all the reasons why we should stay there and keep us there. But another name for the devil is a liar, a big fat one too. The truth is God designed us to desire relationships with him and with others. Literally every mammal on the earth desires companionship. We weren't designed to be alone or isolated. This is why when we feel like we should be, it's our indicator or red flag that we are listening to the wrong voice and about to make a decision that will never lead to growth. So the best way to fight this is just to go against it. To go to someone and say, Hey, I'm feeling like I need to isolate and I don't want to. Or go for a walk or go to the gym. Anything you can do to put yourself around others. If you can't physically go somewhere then put yourself around uplifting uplifting people virtually find a sermon or a podcast that can lift you up you see isolation isn't the problem here it's a symptom so fight past that symptom and remind yourself that even if you did experiencing experience pain from something from your past that doesn't mean it will always happen again awareness is the key to overcoming red flag number two all-inclusive statements these are statements that are a big indication that we are reacting to something that feels like an old wound. The reality is it's very unlikely that this situation always has the same turnout. But I do understand that it feels that way sometimes. Your feelings may be valid here, but if it feels like you're getting the same outcome a lot, then it's probably because you're expecting the same outcome every time. A lot of the time, how we handle a situation dictates the outcome. All inclusive statements are words like always, never. And the next time you find yourself saying these statements and expecting the same outcome, focus on changing your words. You may not believe what you're saying, but that's not really that important in in the beginning. What's most important right now is to just understand that if you continue to use those same words and have the same thoughts, you're more than likely going to produce the same outcome. And honestly, even if you do get a different outcome, you're probably not even gonna notice it because your mindset is still set on that the next time it's going, that same outcome is gonna happen again. We have to focus on what we want the outcome to be, not just always the way it was before. Your words have power and your awareness has power. So when the two combine, you then have the power to overcome any stronghold keeping you stuck and walk towards healing and change. This is gonna take time and practice but the first step is just recognizing how you are reacting to a situation and focusing on the outcome that you actually want to happen. Red flag number three, comparison. Comparison, good or bad, is always a big red flag that we are reacting to a wound. But how do we get out of it? With reminders. Verbal reminders, written reminders, visual reminders, whatever, all the reminders. The reason this one is harder to get out of is because it's stemming from a belief that we aren't good enough or that we need to be better than someone else in order to be successful or to be seen or to be loved. Step one, read what God says about you. Remind yourself that you were created to be you. What are you passionate about? What are your dreams? Maybe you don't know or you can't think of anything. So think back to when you were a child. These are typically the things that we were called to be or to do. Step two, understand your mind and your wounds. This is best done with somebody who can counsel you or help you process your past. But if you don't have either of those options, the best thing that you can do is remind yourself that you are no longer a five-year-old child who was rejected or neglected. Remind yourself that God has always seen you and that he wants to protect you. You don't have to stay stuck in protection mode all the time or ever. Remind yourself of these things daily, whether they are with podcasts like this, church groups, or communities, reading books, or watching videos about healing. You want to write down notes, like keep notes, and write them down on post-it notes, so that way you can see them every day. Stick them on your mirrors, your walls, wherever that you're constantly around. I'll share more about processing in another series too, so make sure you're following around for that. Red flag number four, all or nothing thinking. An example of this would be thinking things like, if I can't have something exactly the way I want it, then I can't have it at all but this isn't realistic. However, this is a very common mentality a lot of wounded people experience. It's honestly a form of control though, and control is always a sign of a wound. If we can't control the outcome in order to save ourselves from experiencing pain or rejection, then we can't be part of it at all. Anxiety is a big part of this one too, which is pretty typical because control and anxiety go hand in hand, but it does make it a little harder to come out of. Deep breaths, friend, lots of deep breaths. The thoughts you are having aren't as important though as the beliefs behind them. The key here is to find ways to calm your mind. Allow yourself to speak from a place of expressing your emotions or fears rather than from negative beliefs that you're feeling. So for example, a fear that I used to deal with was feeling like I wasn't a priority to others. So when I would make plans with somebody and they had to reschedule, I would get upset and think things like, I just need to stop getting excited about anything, It never works out anyway because they're always there's always something more important than me this is kind of a mix between all-inclusive statements and all-or-nothing thinking since having gone through counseling i can now recognize that the wound of feeling less than is being poked but the reality is sometimes plans just change those feelings might still be there and feel real but i've learned to be honest with my words So instead of saying, they don't care about me or that I need to stop getting excited about things, I might say, well, this stinks. I was really looking forward to that and it doesn't feel fair that I have to wait. Both statements are coming from the feeling of disappointment, but one is healthy and one is not. Keeping your words centered around what you are truly feeling rather than repeating old negative coping thoughts is key here. Red flag number five, bullying yourself or others. This is a big red flag that we see as a toxic toxic trait when it's coming from somebody else. But we tend to justify it when it's coming from ourselves. It's one of those key three reactions of fight, flight or freeze. Fight is a huge indication indication that a wound has been poked. So in order to protect ourselves or have our feelings or voice be heard, we have to make sure that they feel the same pain or we have to make sure that they recognize how mad they just made us, quote unquote, made us. There are a couple of things that I wanna address with this one. First, no one can make you feel anything. You either allow yourself to react to something or you don't, but they can't make you feel a certain way. Nine times out of 10, they didn't put that wound there, they just poked it. And honestly, if it was someone who doesn't normally poke your wounds or even know that they exist, then it was more than likely not intentional. So what happens is we take any anger or resentment that we have towards whoever did in fact put the wound there, and we take it out on the person who poked this wound, whether it was intentional or not. Mind reading or making assumptions will usually step in after this one too, and we will start justifying our actions and our words by putting them down, putting whoever it was that poked our wound, putting them down and acting like they knew exactly what they did, but more on that soon. The other thing I want to point out is that lashing back out at someone never makes you heard. They may hear the mean things that you are saying, but they don't hear what it is that you want them to hear in that moment, which is that your feelings are hurt or that you don't like what they just said. And until you actually share that with them, they will never, or there will never be healthy conversation or resolve of any kind. The other type of bullying is when we start name calling ourselves. When we start saying I'm this or I'm that, that I'll never be this because I'm not good enough at that, which this kind of falls in that all or nothing thinking as well. And it usually stems from a place of what's the point mentality. If this is you, my question is, do you want healthy relationships? Do you want to be seen and heard? You may have just answered this with a yes, but statement in your head, but I want you to stop. Ask yourself those questions again, but this time, all you get to say is yes or no. I think everyone just answered yes. So the way we move past this one is to one, be aware, two, remind ourselves of what we want the outcome to be in that moment, and three, change our words. If you accidentally lash out, just apologize immediately and let them know that you didn't mean to do that. Let them know that you're working on yourself and that this is an old coping mechanism. You don't have to share all about the wound if you don't want to, but at least let them know that what was said did poke a wound and it did hurt your feelings. You can even remind them and and say, you know, if this wasn't intentional, like I just want you to know so that way it doesn't happen again. I don't care if when I said all of that, you heard in your head, "Ooh, that's weird. I don't like to talk about my feelings. I know you don't and that's why you're still stuck. So force yourself to walk towards the outcome that you want and stop beating yourself up and others in the process. And then we have red flag number six, making assumptions and mind reading. I told you we'd come back to this one. I've mentioned it a few times already. It is the one that always seems to follow up with the other red flags. We make up stories and situations that feel uncomfortable or familiar to something painful we experienced, And to protect ourselves, we say things like, if that's how they are going to act, then this is how they must really feel. Or, I'm sure what they really meant by this was blah, blah, blah. You need to stop it. This is a huge red flag. How do you change this? By either having a conversation and asking them to elaborate more about whatever they said or did and sharing with them how you're feeling, or only allowing yourself to see or hear the words that were actually said. Recognize that if something that was said made you feel similar to how someone else had hurt you in the past, they are in fact not that person. And then think of this like court. When you go to court, you can only bring actual evidence. The jury is not allowed to take a single note on anything that was a thought or an assumption. So when you're taking someone to court in this example, only allow yourself to review actual evidence. What is their character like? Have they hurt you in the past? Or did they just poke a wound that someone else put there a long time ago? Up until that moment that this wound was poked, was everything okay? Did you feel like you had a healthy relationship leading up to that point? Obviously, if your history with this person is unhealthy, then it's probably time to take a step back. But if it was a healthy relationship and, and you are having a limbic reaction, then it's time for you to take a deep breath and have a conversation with them about you. Not about what they said or did and, and not about how you wish they would have done something different, but focus on letting them into your wound so that they can understand you better and understand how to better com- communicate with you moving forward. If the relationship is a healthy relationship, then this will be healing for you as well. But if you took them to Olympic land court and the evidence showed that this relationship was already toxic, it's time for you to move on. And I'll touch on more on this one in another series. But either way, you aren't staying stuck in that same spot when you're doing this like you like you would when you were mind reading. You aren't wasting your time and energy making up stories in your head and questioning your worth. More than likely, if the relationship was toxic, it had nothing to do with only your character or your character at all. And if the relationship was healthy, it still had nothing to do with your character. So instead of spending all of your time convincing yourself of whatever it is to try to protect yourself, focus on the facts. The next step after becoming aware of all of these red flags is learning how to communicate when you are experiencing these unhealthy emotions. I just gave you a bunch of tools to get started on recognizing where you are at emotionally, but what do you do from there? Stay tuned because each series released moving forward will help you to continue to understand yourself and learn how to better communicate, set boundaries, adjust your focus, process your wounds, and ultimately heal from strongholds that have kept you bound for so long. I'd love to know your thoughts or questions that you may have, so be sure to send me those if you have any. My virtual door is always open to anyone wanting to have a healthy conversation and move towards peace. I hope you know how much you are loved today, and I hope you have the best day ever. I can't wait to see you next time.